Welcome to From Bark to Business, the podcast covering the stories of those who are inspired by their much-loved pups to start dog-related businesses. When Lara Murray was sick of the demands of corporate life, she looked to her grudel Coco, and that's where her dog concierge business came to life. Lara has been running Coco & Co in Canberra since October last year, from dog walks to grooming and even her venture into healthy dog meals, Lara is by far one of the most dog-passionate people I've ever spoken to. Here's Lara Murray. So welcome, Lara. Tell us about your grudel Coco and how she inspired your business. Coco uh, was, I guess, one of the factors uh, in starting my business. I was working in a really high-pressured work environment um, with executives uh, and I contracted glandular fever and chronic fatigue syndrome and uh, my medical team suggested to me that I look at other avenues uh, outside of an office environment um, to help my immune system to recover um, and I was really fortunate that that I had some long service leave um, that I could look at utilising that in some way um, into something that really interests me. Um, so I took one day a week um, and went and worked in uh, the salon that groomed Coco just to see whether it was something that I was interested in and kind of dabble my feet in um, and kind of get a feel for it. And, and I really loved working with the dogs. I really loved washing them. I loved seeing how happy they were in the salon um, and how beautiful they looked at the end of the day. So I decided to take that um, I guess, experience and, and go out on my own with my single dog client and Coco. Um, and it kind of just expanded and went from there. I haven't really advertised or pushed it in any way. It's just kind of come become really organically. Um, I've just kind of done a flyer and, and, and kind of worked from there. Yeah. That's amazing. How was Coco a part of it? I guess that we walk Coco every day. <laughs> Um, and I think it's really important that um, dogs who haven't, I guess, socialised or haven't experienced time with other dogs, they really like the company of Coco. And that's one of the, um, I guess, the services that we provide is a companion walk. So if somebody's dog hasn't socialised or they're, they're a puppy and they've had all their immunizations, Coco can come along with them and she can teach them some of their commands and, and help show some of the things that we're talking about that, that I guess gives a dog a holistic um, life and, and training. That's wonderful. And how's it changed Coco's life as well? Well, I would be really interested to see if she could talk what she might say about that. Some days she gets quite a few walks in the day, but um, I think she really loves um, meeting new dogs and she really loves getting out of the house. And, and she's very, I guess, being an oodle breed, she's very human focused. So um, so long as she's got one of her, her family or her human pack with her, um, she's really happy to go out and socialise with the other dogs and meet them. And, and she, you can see that she is really, um, I don't know, she kind of has this joyous look when she's just expl explaining, I guess, to another dog how to do a command like a shake or a lie down. You can just see it in her face that she really kind of... Um, I guess gets what her role is in the in 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 the business. 
That sounds really fulfilling for, for her and for you as an owner. What were some of the challenges that at the start of your business? Mm. Um, so for me, I guess um, one of the biggest challenges was uh, meeting a new dog, learning their intricacies, because all dogs are different. Um, they've all got their own little personalities and it's just figuring out little things like, are they treat focused or are they love focused? Because quite a lot of dogs don't like treats. They just love affection. So a nuzzle behind the ear or a pat on the top of the head um, really helps you, I guess, in my job, kind of learning how to get the best out of their experience with us. Um, so that was probably my biggest challenge is every time I meet a new client, kind of figuring them out and understanding them and, and building that relationship and bond between myself and them because I'm a stranger to them to start with. Um, IT was a big challenge for me, um, but I'm really lucky that my partner is very uh, technology focused. So he kind of helped me through there because he's got his own business as well. So he kind of helped talk me through, I guess, the social media side of it, um, what kind of things were really important in terms of, you know, your, your financial side, your, your media side, and then, then I guess how you actually run the day-to-day -day of your business. So that's been really helpful as well. And, and I guess it was really nice that all the family got on board um, and really supported me because we're a blended family. So there's six of us in our household, um, our four children. And one of, I guess, the reasons why I decided to go into business for myself was that with that high pressure job came really long work hours. Um, so my youngest boy is nine and he really didn't see mum much and he didn't get to spend much time with mum. So this has really given me a really nice work-life kind of balance so I can work my dog duties and business duties around kind of family time as well and I think it's made me a much calmer person so that's been really nice as well oh that's fantastic. and all the kids come all the kids come out and help me walk dogs when they've got a day off school or you know something like that they'll they'll come and help out and they get into the training and and the dogs really love it as well so I'm very very fortunate I think oh that sounds like a really really good lifestyle that you've got <laughs> sounds yeah like like yeah. a dream I would highly recommend it to anybody that working with dogs all day is awesome. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Did it also help your business when last year, and I'll get you to explain it in more detail, the yeah. RSPCA came out and, and sort of said there'd be, in, in a way, um, harsher penalties for people that, that neglect their dogs. Yeah, look, I, um, I'm a firm believer that... Um, all dogs have uh, a basic right to be cared for and, and part of that caring for a dog is exercise. They need it every day like a human needs to go out and get fresh air. The dog needs it for mental and physical stability as well. It also helps I think in terms of destructive alleviating destructive behaviour in a dog. But coming back to obviously um, rules and regulations uh, yes, you can be fined for animal cruelty, and that includes not actively looking after your dog. Um, and that includes locking up a dog, not exercising your dog, and um, excessive adult 
I guess, excessive human behaviour towards your animal. Um, so, yes, somebody can dob in, um, somebody who's not exercising their dog, and that gets investigated and obviously action follows on from there. And, and, and I think that that's a good thing. It's a good thing for all animals. Oh, absolutely. How have you changed your, your clients' dogs or your, your dogs are the clients, how have you changed their lives? What kind of changes have you seen in their behaviour and, and the response from their owners? Well, I, um, I like to think that I take away the mundane day-to-day from a, from, from a dog walking perspective. I take away the mundane walk for my clients, the human clients, so that they can then spend fun time with their animals. So they can go out and just throw the ball or they can go out and just do chases or, you know, they can do all the fun things with their dog and I'm helping them with their basic requirements of exercise for the dog. So mental peace of mind for the human, I think, to some degree. But from a personal perspective, I've got some clients that I've watched their progression over the last five or six months and in their own little ways, they've all come such a long way while they've spent time with Coco and Co. But I've got one dog in particular who has just come so far. He couldn't walk at heel. He would run zoomies while we were walking, which is dogs running around and around and around, around. And he would pull on his lead. And he just, his family couldn't take him walking because he just didn't know how to behave on a proper walk and they had new toddlers. So it was really unfortunate that they had this beautiful dog and they couldn't go walking as a family. And in those six months, I'm really proud to say that he now walks at heel and he's just a real pleasure and delight. And today I had, I had him today and um, I, I had a new milestone with him where I took one of my other dog clients and he was actually walking behind and following them. He wasn't trying to race in front of them. So for me to see a dog come so far like that, I just proud walking mum moments, I call them. So yeah, you know, Aww. and just getting really nice messages. Um, I, I've got a new, um, I guess, uh, service and um, that is nutritional dog meals and um, they're balanced meals for a medium dog's requirements in a package which you can just give to your dog all in one. And it's really nice to hear really positive feedback that um, a client's dog feels nutritionally full and they're not on the prowl and, and sitting beside the, I guess, the dinner table begging for more food because they actually feel nutritionally balanced from the inside out. So, you know, it's just hearing little things like that from your clients. Um, you know, um, every dog that, that comes to Coco & Co, we, in our household, we classify them as part of our family. And I know that sounds a bit cliche and really uncool thing to say but you know that we really are a family and we do love all the dogs that come and spend time with us so it's just really nice to see them get something out of I guess Coco and Co's services whatever that is and and you know I always interview a family before I start my service and I always ask them so what do you want to get from Coco and Co what do what are your list of things that you'd like to achieve from it and when we can tick some of those goals, you know, I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's a proud moment. Mm. 
That is fantastic. And you're yeah. talking about the meals. What sparked that idea? What, what frustrations did you have with some of the dog foods that are on the market? Um, well, I think a lot of, uh, I think that whole side of the industry has really come a long way in the last couple of years. Uh, a lot of dog meals have um, what you call fillers in them, you know, like your oats, um, you know, stuff that packs the meals. It's not necessarily a vegetable. It's not necessarily got a fruit. It doesn't necessarily have enough protein um, in it. So for me, when we got Coco, um, our dog breeder gave us a very specific diet for her and it was a home-cooked meal. Um, and we, we've ever since we've got her, we've made it every week for her. And I just, I kind of just started to do some research on, what are dog requirements? Because, you know, she's had the same, the same meal for a year and a half. And I was like, surely I can find something else that, you know, that she might get pleasure out of. Um, but I found that some of the meals that I tried with her, she's got quite a sensitive stomach. Um, and so obviously with keeping that in mind, I did quite a bit of research around what, what, upsets dog stomachs what can you kind of stay away from what can you kind of include that makes it a nutritious whole meal for them um, and then I did uh, a lot of my clients very much loved me for three weeks in a row because I did a lot of user testing and they all got all these different meals from me and I'm like score the meal tell me what you think about it is it a yes it is a no so you know that was a really fun inclusive part of I guess the process of getting to where we are now with some meals and, and still I'm including new recipes and, and letting clients try them and see what they think about them. So yeah, it's, Wonderful. I guess I, I, I kind of feel like, yes, they're part of the family and they have to hold my hand along the way sometimes and, and help me with my feedback. So that's really cool. Oh, that's nice. And do you have any funny stories about Coco on the walks or is there a certain dog that she's really gravitated to what kind of mischief does she get up to? Oh, so, so Coco has a best friend and her name is Lady Audrey. And uh, Lady Audrey is a um, Auburn uh, Groodle as well from the same um, uh, breeder. Uh, but she's, uh, I think, 10 months now. And so Audrey was my first walking client. And so for quite a long time, it was Coco, Audrey and I. And... Uh, yeah, they just, they, they feed off each other in terms of doing naughty things. So one will start. So when I first had Audrey, I put the both of them out in our dog backyard bit. And we've got these dog, we've got these baby fences that we put up all around, you know, the, the immature plants and stuff that we didn't want them to eat. And I'd forgotten that one day I didn't put the baby fence up around one of our fruit trees. And I came back um, from being in the house for about an hour and they'd taken this fruit tree and they had totally shredded it to little matchstick pieces oh, between the gosh. two of them. <laughs> And when I went out there, they just, they just, they knew that they were in trouble and they wouldn't look at me and they kept just sulking away around the corner and they just kept coming back around to look to see whether they were still in trouble. And I'm like, you two are in so much trouble. <laughs> 
they're pretty, they're pretty good. They just, they love to play wrestle. And so if you get in their way when they're play wrestling, it's on for young and old and you sometimes get taken out in the process. So whenever I've got Audrey over for, for doggy daycare, you'll hear me throughout the house going, outside, take it outside, girls, take it outside. <laughs> As the pair of them are play wrestling in the house and knocking over chairs and all sorts of crazy antics, but yeah, no, I don't really have any, just trying to think in terms of crazy stories. I think my, the control side in me wouldn't let any crazy things kind of happen. I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> You're very professional. Just further to <laughs> that. You're being around dogs so, so much where you've increased your, your exposure to them. What have you learnt about them that surprised you or have you realised anything that they're intuitive about? Oh, dogs are really intuitive um, when someone in their pack. And when I mean, when I say the term someone in their pack, that's what they consider their, their pack. So um, in Coco's pack, she has us six then she has my parents as well and then she has Audrey and Audrey's mum because they're in our life so much so in her pack she really and I've noticed the same in Audrey as well so I, I think it's a, a dog trait generally they know when a human's not feeling well or when a, a human is really feeling I think either anxious sad um or is sick ill or sick because when I when I had um chronic fatigue and glandular fever Coco's pretty much spent three months up in bed with me because I just I couldn't get out of bed most days she kind of just sat up there with me and just kept me company and, and I mean she'd only just kind of joined our family which was really beautiful that she would just sit up there and keep me company um you know when I could get up and go for a walk she was by my side so that was a really interesting kind of observation to, I guess, come across. Um, and I think the other thing that really surprised me is how playful they can be. Um, they really love play and interaction play with, with the humans. And it's really, it's almost like watching a light come on in their face when you start to interact and do little play fights or, you know, just, just generally interact with them. I, I really, I really like that. That's, that's really impressive. And yeah. in terms of your clients, the, the one, the owners, why yeah. do you think they want to spend money on their dogs? And, and are you seeing that growing? Are you seeing there's more people are more conscious of it? Yeah, look, I guess with the com current climate of people being in isolation with COVID-19, um, people are, are spending a lot more time at home with their dogs. So it's kind of what's in, in your forefront at the moment. It's people have, you know, traditionally they've gone off to work and they've been away for long periods of time and they've come home, they're tired. They kind of haven't spent quality time with their pets. Right now it's at the forefront and they're spending quality time with their pets and it's like, oh, you know, I can just go online and I can just get, you know, oh, Coco doesn't have many toys to play with or, you know, I'll just go and get her another toy because, you know, we're at home all the time and she's using all these other toys and she's, you know, not playing with them anymore. So I'll just get them another little treat. I think... 
Um, I think our current situation has, I guess, put it, pets to the forefront of their owners' minds, um, which is a great thing. Um, I, I, I say to people that, um, you know, all pets are, are loved the most right now because we're all spending so much time with them at home. I think there's also... Humans have a very different bond with their dog than they do with possibly a child. Man's best friend, I guess you can, can use the term. So how do you show your love to a pet? It's not the same way as how you would show it to a human. You can talk to them, you can interact with them, but giving your dog a, 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 a treat or giving your dog a really nice toy or giving them a beautiful meal that they're not used to, that they really enjoy, that's a way of showing affection and love for your animal and your dog. So that's you showing love to them. Um, I also think that today's society, people are, are having pets instead of children um, in, in some circles. And therefore you've got huge disposable incomes that you would traditionally spend on a child are being obviously spent on a dog. And there's a huge range of beautiful products and beautiful toys and, you know, beautiful things for your pet. So it's an industry that has really grown, I think, exponentially in the last kind of, you know, seven to five years. It's And, and people want to work in an industry that's enjoyable and working with animals is enjoyable. Making things for animals is enjoyable. It's not... I don't think it's not a mundane nine-to-five kind of job or environment that you're in necessarily. So how many kilometres do you think you'd walk a week? <laughs> Good question. So the other day, because I, um, I don't have a watch or a Fitbit or anything like that, but my partner did a couple of my walks with me and we clocked up. Um, I think it was 17 kilometres, so I, I'm not sure. With um, each of my clients, I tend to walk probably upwards of 5Ks in an hour with my clients. So, you know, I traditionally have three walks a day over, over four days. So, you know, what is that, you know, 20, maybe 30, 40 kilometres, something like that. Wow. And do you always do the same route? Because I read once that you should always go on a different route because it's good for your dog's brain. So I always try to change out my walks. Well, yeah, it's not just good for your dog. It's good for you as well. You get to experience new things. And um, so I'm really lucky. My clients are kind of spread um, all over Canberra. Um, and we're really lucky here. We've got really great walking tracks and really great bush tracks. And... Um, I think no two walks that I do are the same. I will walk some parts that are the same, but I tend to take a little difference here or there or, you know. Um, it's really nice because um, my clients are, are really good that they let me introduce different dogs to each other on walks. So even that experience is really different for a dog. So you could walk the same track with them but because you've changed up the mix of who's on that walk that's slightly different for them as well but 
with all the bush that's around, we tend to be able to walk on very different kind of terrain all the time. So, so that's really nice for me as well because it gets pretty boring if you just do the same track over and over and over. Yeah. Although I will say with isolation uh, and COVID at the moment, I'm kind of stuck with some of my clients to obviously suburb locations, trying not to mix the dogs outside of their suburbs. So I'm really looking forward to coming out of isolation so that I can get the dogs in the car and take them for some more different walks outside of their own kind of little suburbs, which will be good for, for all of us. Wonderful. Big, big yeah. assumption here, but I want to say you're probably an unofficial master of walking multiple dogs. <laughs> What's your advice to people that, you know, they might have a family member's dog come over and they've got to walk two dogs and their arms are going yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the best, the best piece of advice that I could give anybody is uh, easy dog dog leads. And I don't have any kind of association with them, but they have a really great range um, of, of leads and collars and stuff for, for actually walking dogs. And they're really strong and duty bound from a dog perspective. Um, and I've got, I've got ones that I can, leads that I can use for, for double dogs. Um, so for me, that really helped. Um, secondly, it's always being, um, I guess, in control of the situation and environment. So if you're feeling uneasy about, walking multiple dogs I always say walk both dogs at heel and when I say walk both dogs at heel that means putting them on a short lead which means that they walk right beside your legs that gives you complete control of the situation if you let the dog's leads go and they're walking out in front of you then you're not necessarily in control of that situation. So if another dog comes past or, you know, something happens, you're not really in control of those dogs. Whereas holding them by your side, you are in control That's of, really of, of the situation, I think. Yeah. That's excellent. And where can people find you? So obviously I'm online. Um, so I'm on Facebook. So it's Coco and Co Canberra. Um, I've got my own web page, which is cocoandcocanberra.com com.au um, or if you're ever visiting Gugong you'll see me walking around in my nice eggshell blue shirts come and say hello and and have a chat so yeah um, yeah Terrific. definitely can find me online and what's next for your business um, I was thinking about this uh, earlier and, and I guess for me um, it's taking it slow and steady because um, I do obviously want my business to work in with my family life as well um, but really focusing at the moment on increasing my new service which is the balanced meals and and I think getting that right um, it, it's still a process at the moment that that I'm not 100% comfortable with how it's rolling out so we'll we'll keep finessing it a little bit and a little bit um, I think I want to do obviously a little bit more professional development and, and skill setting for myself, which will obviously benefit all of my clients. Um, and just, I guess, just making sure animal welfare and, and, and that my dog clients are really happy and healthy and, and really enjoying the experience and, and that their human clients are happy as well. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of my focus at the moment and increasing the salon. Um, and that's a really big learning curve for me still at the moment, grooming dogs. So yeah, what is enjoyable. The, just a question to end with. What is some of the challenges grooming dogs? Um, 
lots of dogs really don't like their hygiene areas <laughs> cleaned or, <laughs> or, you know, groomed. So it's really just trying to be really switched on when you're working in those areas. Um, I really love playing with dogs' face areas and, and um, working on, on that part of the dog and, and making sure that they look really quite, I guess, pretty. Um, but, yeah, the, every, every dog's hair and hair growth is really different. Um, and so for me it's just, I guess, experiencing new dog breeds in the salon and, and learning how to work with those. So... I find that really interesting and challenging personally. So that's really nice for my growth as well. Yeah. Really and I found lots of awesome new products that I'm playing with. So I'm not sure I'm breaking even at the moment. I seem to spend more on products than I do services. So yeah, it's um, everybody gets to uh, play in those new products. Oh, well. <laughs> I guess like all good dog owners, we always have that part where we spend a little bit bit too much on but it's all it's all love yep. and enjoyment yep. self-ban on internet shopping for the business <laughs> <laughs> noted well thank you so much lara that was excellent no, thank you hopefully yep. if anyone's listening in canberra they they track you down because you just sound absolutely passionate about what you do and and genuinely invested in in your love for dogs and your business yeah i'm really enjoying it and the other day I was walking with one of my clients and I was like, you know what, I've really got the best job. I'm so lucky. And I just, I just had to stop and smile because I felt really lucky that I just managed to fall into something that I really enjoy. Um, so I, I count myself blessed for that. But, you know, it's the dogs that really make it worthwhile and, and fun and hair raising some days and interesting other days and you know just just yeah all of all of the fun emotions I think anyway. <laughs>